Reclaimers number six starts on a panel of Casey's father. He stands in a darkened hallway with a cell phone in his hand held up to the side of his face. He's whispering into it, but the tone of his voice betrays how stressed out he really is. Yes, yes, I told you that I'll have it. No, no, I know, just... Yes, just give me three more. Yes, three. Okay, okay, fine. I'll have it for you by tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Capolini. And then we see a panel inside of Casey's room, just on the other side of the door, as they have woken up from their nap. Previously in The Reclaimers, Orion and Jackie went to the library where, with the help of the Raven Sanctuary, Orion learned a bit about himself, namely, that he was a demigod from a far-off land called the First World and that he's not the only one in Infinity City. Hatchling and Nighthawk infiltrated the Architect Production Facility, where they ran into Johnny Eagle. Johnny and Hatchling did battle, with the two appearing mostly evenly matched before Johnny flew off. Hatchling and Nighthawk held hands to end their date, while Orion met up with the other First Worlder, Don. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome back to Infinity City. You can call me Elliot because that's my name. I use he, him pronouns and I will be your GM. And I am joined today by... My name is Aram. My pronouns are he, him, and I am playing Orion. And he is from the Newborn Playbook. And I am a producer. I am currently working on a new D&D show called Kill Every Monster. My name is Nika. I use uh, they, he pronouns, and I play Casey, who uses the Protégé playbook. And I am an artist and a comic writer. You can find my stuff at GomisArt at Twitter and Instagram. Hi, my name is Jordan Wynn. My pronouns are they, she, and I play Nico Transau aka the hatchling who is a legacy using she they pronouns you can find me in a bunch of little projects now but mainly the easiest way is just to find me on twitter as cuttlefish tweet i'm jv hampton van sant my pronouns are they and she and i am playing the fabulous jackie dawes also known as the raven the doomed playbook and i'm a voice actor a writer and occasionally a producer of things, I can be found at Red Black Golden on Twitter. Reclaimers number six begins as Casey wakes up to hear their dad. Whisper shouting out in the hallway outside of their room. That's weird. I guess Casey's first instinct would just be to press their ear against the door 
and try to hear more. Casey hears the very end of the conversation. What they actually hear ends up being the, yes, sir, thank you, Mr. Capolini. And then the conversation ends. And on the panel, we see her dad put his phone away and wipe his palms on the front of his pants, very clearly stressed out. Shit. I mean, that that's not good at all, hearing Casey's dad just talk to a known mob boss. So Casey just opens their door and is, Dad, what the fuck? Kiddo, I thought you were asleep. Yeah, I was asleep. No more. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. Just having a conversation. Go back to sleep or are you hungry? I can make something or... Okay, I am hungry, yes, but also, have you started using really weird nicknames with your friends because you just called whoever you were talking to Don Capolini? You know, I, you must have been, I know sometimes I have dreams that are, like, feel really real when you first wake up, but it, no, that's, I don't have anything to do with the Capolini, that's... Ridiculous. I think Casey is leaning at the door frame with one arm and intently staring at their dad. Like, I'm imagining this like being like Casey's playing the part of a police officer interrogating someone, but they're not actually asking anything. They're just staring at their dad and trying to get him to sweat more, be more nervous. He definitely starts shuffling on his feet as he can tell that Casey doesn't believe him. We get a close-up panel of the sweat just popping out on his forehead. And he... I don't think Casey can exactly figure out exactly what he's planning, per se. But they would know that, like, the Capolinis, the people that work for them are generally very calm, very in control, very composed. Casey can tell that he is not working for the Capolinis, but he owes them something or is in their debt somehow and is planning to do something drastic to pay that off. After Casey has been staring at their dad intently for a little while, they stop leaning at the doorway and straighten up to their not that impressive height <laughs> and go like, all right, keep your secrets, dad. But if you need any help dealing with anything, I can maybe help you. I'm a professional superhero and I beat these guys up on a daily basis anyway so maybe if you have anything you're trying to hide or anything maybe you yeah he puts his hand on Casey's shoulder and he says thanks kiddo but everything's fine your dad's got this and I think as Casey's dad 
is making his way down the stairs to cook something. Not for dinner, because I don't know if Casey's looked at a clock yet. It's two in the morning right now. We cut over to Hatchling and Nighthawk. On top of a building in downtown Infinity City. Nico is actually like pretty calm and still. She feels like mainly comforted rather than like panicked or nervous at all. He's like, oh, this is nice. Hands are nice. But she's like still kind of distracted by the rest of the events going on of things going on in her head. And whenever she looks out at the city, it's usually not in amazement or awe, but vigilance. I'm just like, okay, what's going to happen next? And that's just the mindset that she's locked in on right now. Nighthawk looks over at her and says, you're uh, kind of scraped up from that tussle with Johnny. Yeah. If you want, I can, I've got like medical stuff back at my place. I don't want to be like forward or whatever, but I'm not inviting you back there for anything unless you like want to, but I mean like actual medical stuff. I've got that. Medical sounds nice. I'm probably going to shake off most of this in like a couple days anyway. Regeneration helps, but yeah, if you can make it sting less, that'd be really nice. And I think at that point we cut to Nighthawk opening the door on her apartment. It's a large open floor plan. Studio apartment doesn't really do it justice. It's like one of those two floor apartments where there's like steps on one side that go up to the second floor. Uh, very wide open spaces, a lot of like very well furnished, modern furniture, a uh, big TV on one side, big wall of windows, of course, large kitchen, stuff like that. And she walks in ahead of Nighthawk and opens her arms as she does the little slow spin, just says, welcome to my place are you sure it's yours because i don't see how anybody can i'm sorry what the money is my parents paid for it but it's mine because they gave it to me it's paid for the next two years yeah wow 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 wow, wow. lucky you i and she blushes like really hard and she's sorry that's i don't want to like drag or whatever because now nah, you go flex you go do that let's see where is your med room oh uh, or kitchen or whatever you use yeah kitchen uh did you want like a drink or a snack or anything then we can get to healing you up oh yeah all of that nighthawk leads hatchling into the kitchen and once again very modern, very, like, fancy sort of open floor plan kitchen. The backsplash over the sink is notably the uh, trans pride flag colors. And she goes and, like, opens one of the cabinets and says, Do you want, like, a drink or, like, a regular drink? Got water, milk, juice, harder stuff. 
I don't know all what those, your whole deal All of those is. sound like drinks. I guess I'll have a drink drink like water. She chuckles a little bit as she pulls a glass out of the cabinet and fills it up. And I think we get a montage of panels of her just helping you to heal up, like dabbing some sort of ointment or gel on your cuts and scrapes. I think mainly there's a messed up t-shirt and jacket she'll just throw off to the side and then just sit there waiting. She does not make any moves whatsoever and she is completely like unnerved no matter how close Nighthawk gets as she is just still distracted right now. That's very fair. I think Nighthawk is very, her attempts to patch Hatchling up are very sort of ginger and tentative. She's taking a lot of care to not hurt her further, but she's not like making a move or anything like that either. She's just very much trying to make her feel better. Yeah, it's one thing that she can see though, is that there are just like burns just covering up everywhere from like arms, legs, and side as laser vision got pretty bad. And it was to the point that usually she'd be heat proof, but he hits like a truck. <laughs> And it seemed like a lot of her abilities just started to shut down when she's just under too much pressure and pain. At one point, she reaches out and very lightly touches one of the burn marks and just says, Are you sure this is going to heal up? Yeah, it always does. I'm pretty sure I can lose a finger and it could be fine. I haven't tried that out, but I know that I think like mom's recovered from like a couple cells before, so I should be fine. Please don't try that is it like i don't want to be rude i don't have any actual hours but is it like a lizard thing like they can regrow tails is it that kind of thing or i assume it is i actually don't know i don't know if the other mutated animals or kaiju can do the same thing i haven't actually gotten to run into a lot of them yet there's uh like others like you? Oh yeah, plenty of other uh, experiments. Yeah, people can just be made, transformed, turned through experimentation. Or very, yeah, weird scientist surgery things. I don't really know how it works. I just know that genetics are involved and like weird science scoop. I'm not exactly the brains behind it. Does it hurt? I was born this way, so I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, let's get some bandages around those ribs. And I mean, if you want to, you can stay the night. I'm not going to stop you. I've got a guest room or, uh, yeah, whatever you're comfortable with. And I think at that point, I want to cut away to Orion on the Infinity City Boardwalk. So let's say that we just went for a walk along the boardwalk, and I listened. Jackie thought she should stay around general area and be nearby, but also not conspicuously nearby or anything. So she's about 20 feet away, thereabouts. And what Jackie is doing is... uh. 
reading up on the constellation in the sky that that go that has a particular belt and is looking into the significance of that particular belt attached to that one particular constellation in the sky. All right. <laughs> so this this scene is framed from in front of Don and Orion as they're walking along the beach with Jackie in the background in a way that readers of the comic see her very noticeably, right. but yeah. Don obviously does not. And Don looks over at Orion and says, so I guess the beginning of this would be how much of our home do you remember, cousin? So I'd, I'd kind of walk quietly. I imagine the moon's out hovering over the water. I can hear the waves hitting the shore. So he's just quiet for a moment, taking everything in. And then he looks up and he studies Don's face carefully. And he says, I don't remember. I don't remember anything. That is quite unfortunate. I suppose we should start from the beginning then. I guess he would just nod and listen. Don pulls a small pouch off of his belt, like a small little leather pouch. Yeah. Dips his fingers into it and pulls out a pinch of sand, rolls it into the palm of his hand. Oh, hey, look, I don't like... Like, I don't do coke. Like, I know some of the people in my house do coke. And like, I'm not against it. Like, you do whatever you want to do, man. But like, that's not my thing. No, this is a different kind of magical sand. And as he holds the... I also don't do ketamine? As he holds his hand out, Orion <laughs> sees that the sand in his hand rises and expands almost like a hologram above the palm of his hand and Orion sees an island with large just green plush forests and beautiful crystal waves and just this immaculate golden sand and Orion upon seeing this instantly knows that this is his home Don says, this is our home, where we come from. They call it the first world. It was created long ago, and the people that live there are the descendants, or at the very least, chosen people of what the common folk here in Infinity City would likely refer to as gods. Zeus, Artemis, Hermes, Athena. The pantheon goes endlessly and has many names, but they are in some way, shape, or form. Our parents, our family. At some point, well, I will walk it back a little bit, as people say. This is where 
all of life started. And over time and thousands of years, the bloodlines became diluted. People splintered and fractures formed and things got violent. As people's loyalties were split between various gods in the pantheon, they... Is this all like playing out like a movie? Yes. In his palm? All right, neat. Cool. Yeah. As he's saying this, there's like little forms or little figures formed. Yeah. And they like throw spears or weapons at like much larger yes. figures. Orion sees like armies of these little figures fighting each other and yeah. general chaos. And he says, the violence grew to a point that the gods thought we were not worth keeping around anymore. Ryan's jaw is just like open and he's kind of leaned down so he can stare right at his palm. Like he's only a couple inches away. Like he's peering into a diorama and he just, he's just staring slack jawed the whole time. And then he looks up at Don. Oh man, I should have done drugs earlier. Don sighs and closes the palm of his hand around the sand. And he says, this is not the effect of drugs, but along our history, the fractures between us grew too great and the gods separated their chosen ones from those who were too far detached, sent okay. them out from the first world and kept us inside, sealing our plane off from the others in order to keep peace. But our island has grown weak over time. We lack the resources, the vital things necessary to keep our family alive. And for that reason, I have been sent, and I believe you as well, have been sent to find a way to break down the barrier between worlds so that our family can survive. Our family can come here and thrive. Okay. So I am like a son of a God who was sent away from our secret God Island to come to America and find land are we farming because that makes sense like if we farmed a lot i guess we could like bring all the food back and then we'd have all the no, food no. And we'd be okay you misunderstand the point is not to bring things back to the island the point okay. is to bring the inhabitants of the island to this place. Oh. you saw the first world is but a fraction of the size of this earth. You know what? I don't know how long you've been here, but the people here are like mostly chill, but they're not so great on immigration. So like, I'm not sure how well that's going to work out, but I know some people. 
I might be able to talk to a couple people, like maybe put a good in, you know, word in for you, but they're kind of strict. Don puts his hand on Orion's shoulder and says, that Orion looks up. ties into what I told you before you're, or sorry, that ties into what I told you when we first met with mm-hmm. our powers. I'm not going to have much of a choice. Oh, I, okay. Look, they got laws. Like, see, okay, so you can't just, like, use your powers because a lot of people don't have powers, and it's really unfair. It's like if we were playing football and it was, like, against toddlers. Like, you would just you would just knock the crap out of them. So we can't use our powers against, like, normal people. But here's the thing. You can get, like, the public on your side. If we started to a TikTok and they would love it. Like maybe we could like wrestle and I, I think we could have a following like that. He laughs in a very dismissive way and runs one hand through his hair and he says, Ryan, my cousin, that is exactly why we can use our powers against them. Who's going to stop us? And before Ryan gets a chance to respond, there is a figure that forms seemingly out of nowhere. This figure is wearing a white cloak that sort of covers the majority of their body. The hood is pulled up over their head, so all Orion and Don can see are glowing, like, light blue eyes. Yeah. And the figure points a hand at Don and says, Adonis of the First World, you are charged with illegally crossing the boundaries between worlds and attempted assassination on Dr. Phantasma, and it is time that I bring you in. And their hand forms a fireball and launches it at Don and... I knocked Don out of the way. So they're like, they're five feet apart underneath this light. And... The information that he was giving him is a lot. He was kind of circling around him, so there's still a little bit of distance in between us. And maybe Orion sees this person appear and fire, like, over his shoulder. Orion's able to act first and just grabs Dawn and just, just swings him up. Basically just hurls his rope out and then yanks him out of the way. Almost lassos him. I think... Don does that, like, spin thing and catches against Orion's chest. Yeah. And it's very, I know they're at least allegedly cousins, but it's, like, very much damsel in distress pose. I fling him out of the way, and I stand in front of him. And I've got my rope coiled around both of my fists and pulled tight in between them, and it just glows across my chest. It's like, hey, who are you? Who are you? I am Elias of the Phantasmal Force sent to bring in that interdimensional criminal. Okay, listen, that's my cousin. And also, you can't just shoot fireballs here, lady. There's a lot of stuff that's going to catch on fire. Not a lady, and watch me. And another fireball comes in Orion's direction. Hey folks, just wanted to pop in here and let you know that we wanted to thank you for listening. It really means a lot to us to know that 
people are enjoying what we're putting out. If you'd like to let us know further, you can follow us on Twitter at Elliot Presents, or you could subscribe to our Patreon, join our Discord, or find merch at our Threadless store. Links to all of those are down in the show notes. If you want more podcasts presented by me, uh, check out Bone Rollers. We are currently running Downcast Down Tell, which is an all LGBT kids on brooms game that seeks to reclaim the magic school genre from the turf that tried to monopolize it. That's all for this episode. I will see you all in two weeks. So, obviously, during the phase where, like, somebody just out of nowhere showed up, this is obviously the moment at which the Raven decided, hey, I'm going to transform. So I'm presuming maybe perhaps in a panel, a few panels ago, I'll just... A purple light just gently in the distance. Her eyes go fully purple and her hair starts levitating a slight bit. She's levitating and her hair is floating a little bit. Gravity no longer seems to be a thing that is worth considering for her at that moment. So I've stepped in between them and Dawn. And then and then Jackie's come like blasting it. Is that kind of how I'm yeah. saying this? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Then as she comes, I've flipped around. I'm going to keep that momentum. I'm going to keep a spinning. And as she comes around, I'm just going to loop my rope behind them and just give them an extra propel, almost like a slingshot as I hurl them forward. Orion's still trying to keep himself in front of Don. He doesn't fully understand how powerful Don is. Like he listened to what he said and he gets the fact that I guess he's also a God, but he could be any kind of God. Like, Maybe he's the guy that like the table with, like he might not be a fighty type of guy. So he like, he's got his rope tight in his hands and wrapped around both fists. He leans back and puts a hand against Don's chest. So the rope is in contact with Don when he looks at this person and says, look, I am not going to let you hurt him. So he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's true. As Orion <laughs> puts his hand on Don's chest. Don reaches out with his hand and, like, pats Jackie on the back in front of him and mm -hmm. says, thank you for your help, strange warrior. And we see, but Jackie would not, right. that there is a small bit of glowing golden sand on Jackie's back. Oh. And then Don turns and just runs in the opposite direction. Oh, no. Wait, don't, don't, that's my friend. Jackie is going to use her powers to form some chains and like everything else that Jackie does, they're purple and they have a sort of combination messy-ish type thing where it looks a little bit like both a uh, cable chain and box chain just sort of interchange with each other. So they're like just immediately forming around this person and like rigging themselves to the ground. Those chains are forming around both. Yeah, I'm going to put chains on both of them. And at the end of each of the chains is a thing that is on the ground, almost like giant cinder blocks just on the ground. But they're magical. Well, 
I know that Jackie's not going to hurt him. And Jackie's just trying to get things under control. So I'm going to support my teammate. And just to make sure, I'm going to wrap my rope around Elias. So there's additional wrapping of Elias. Pull it tight and say, look, we don't want to hurt you, but you can't take my cousin. And they're going to know that's true. <laughs> As Orion wraps this rope around Elias, they do put their hands both up, palms out into Orion's chest and Orion feels just this burning sensation inside of his chest. What Jackie is going to do is take her hands and just shove at the edge of where the chains are and they will be encased in a purple light that is going to form a sort of sphere that almost a little bit looks like a fireball but like moving really quickly that's going to just shoot back and then down slightly so that this person will be underwater when the circle finally dissipates, which, as I mentioned, is 20 miles away. That circle dips down into the water. And then we cut back to Casey. At the Everett house. Casey would notify the others, probably through a group chat, but... I don't know if anybody else, but Nico has uh, time to look at the group chat. <laughs> Casey is uh, in the panel. We see Casey eating whatever dad made them at 2 a.m. Probably, I don't know, eggs. It's probably framed in a way that it's just like Casey eating from a bowl. Yeah. Like, the artist didn't want to decide what Casey's dad made. Yeah, it's some sort of weirdly colored mush. And Casey is texting as they are eating. And the text says, so everybody, apparently my my dad has gotten himself involved with the Capolinis. And this doesn't seem good. And he's too damn proud to ask for my help. You guys want to help me do something about it? At Nighthawk's apartment. We cut in on Nico and Robin, who has taken off her Nighthawk uniform and is just wearing, like, a tank top and pajama shorts or something like that. The two of them are on two separate sleeping bags on the, like, open living room floor. A laptop is in front of them on the coffee table and the blueprints are pulled open on it. And Nico gets a text message on her phone from Casey stating that their dad is involved with the Capolini family. Okay, Capolinis. Hey, Robin, how much do you know about the Capolinis? Specifically or in general? Let's go specifically. Don Campolini's a douchebag, buys his way constantly out of problems, uh, very fond of pocket knives, don't mm. want to fuck with him, he's sadistic and an asshole. His son is the sort of second-in-command, Alfredo, he does a lot of the heavy lifting. Don doesn't like getting his hands dirty. They've got thousands of goons just littered throughout the city, maybe more. Do I need to go on, or...? What makes him so dangerous, though? It's just a knife. 
Unless it's a magic knife or a science knife where they stab me in the eye, I'm pretty sure that would be fine for me. It's not so much his knife as... Well, when I say his power, I don't mean, like, the way that you have powers, but the way that, like, Architect has power in that, mm. like, they're doing shady shit, but they get away with it because they're in bed with the government. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So what were you able to find about the blueprints there? Usually Casey's able to understand this stuff way more than me. Yeah, I'm still working on that. This is incredibly highly encrypted which i mean makes sense and as she's saying that the phone vibrates again and nico you have a text from johnny eagle with a picture attached to it <sighs> yep just grimacing like taking a look is like okay just a sec it's from johnny the Guy you just kicked his ass? Yeah. Yeah. It was a mutual ass kicking, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's the one that flew away. <laughs> True. I mean, he can fly. I can't really fly. Not important. And then she checks the picture. As she opens the picture, she sees that the text itself says round two is going to be different. And the picture is the destroyed roller coaster in the abandoned amusement park. Okay. Call Casey. Casey knows what to do about this. And then she turns into a dragon and just bursts out the window. <laughs> and, like, just tries to, like, go towards wherever, like, moonlight is shining, just, like, hopping over buildings, just trying to, like, okay, where the fuck are you, Johnny? We get a panel of Nighthawk standing in the broken window looking out over the skyline of Infinity City. And she says in a very small speech bubble, Who the fuck is Casey? <laughs> and then we go back to the beach. Back at the Infinity City boardwalk. Grab him. Just grab my cousin. And I'm like, we gotta go. And just start running with him and motion for the raven to follow. We gotta go. Just firemen's carry my cousin over my shoulder and book it. As Orion grabs Don and pulls, and the raven does not dispel this magic, Don looks at you and says, That's what I was trying to do before your warrior teammate back there bound me to the ground. Hold on. First and foremost, the I don't know who I don't know who that bitch was, but we will get to that in a minute. That's also going to take a little while because I sent them 20 miles into the goddamn ocean. I think we're fine for like a two-second conversation. And and Tasmal Force is coming after us. You won't be safe until I'm gone. Orion's mad. So I'm wrapping my, my rope around the chains that are holding <laughs> my cousin. And I'm wrapping it tight and the rope is technically a thermodynamic miracle. Mm. Now, I'm not fully sure what this rope can do, but I'm going to try and channel energy into it to, so I can break these chains. He's really mad. You've never seen him this mad. He's friggin' mad. He's like, what are you doing? We gotta go! 
if I let you go, will you pause on planning any kind of hostile takeover of this dimension until we can have a conversation safe? We do not wish to be hostile Fabulous. towards you. And then the chains are gone. I just yank and then go like 10 feet because there's nothing to pull against. It's like, like almost stumbling off the pier. Whoa. Me and my family are simply prepared to defend ourselves should your people act uh, foolishly. I suppose the only thing I can say to that is we will also be prepared to respond if y'all act foolishly. And that was a small taste of what I know I'm capable of. So just, just be careful. That's all I'm saying. You threaten a god. Look, now he's like in between both of them now with like his hands up on the way. Look, let's just get you home. Come on, come to the base. We can figure this out. We'll talk to everyone else. Okay, let's go. And then he like checks his text messages and he's like, oh, wait, shit. Okay, listen, just met cousin. I am a god. Lots to tell you. Do you need help? You're a god? I guess so. And then, like, you would immediately get three selfies of me with, like, my arm around Don's shoulder, giving, like, the peace sign with my tongue hanging out. Don is standing completely stock still. He looks at the camera in exactly one of the pictures. <laughs> That's the one where I'm giving him rabbit ears. All right, hold on. If you all are awake, maybe we should meet in person. Where are you going? Over to Natchland. There's one backscale that vibrates as Orion is put on hold. Nico's instinct is to go to the actual broken roller coaster because that's where he was last seen. And if he's not still there, then she's going to go straight to his base. As Hatchling arrives, she does not find Johnny Eagle. But I think just conveniently through comic book timing, she does see Orion, Dawn, and the Raven approaching the base. Oh, God damn it! You do not have the time for this. And then it's going to almost like a meteor. She hasn't really learned the ability to fly yet, but there's just like a, an effect of fire that is surrounding a lot of her body as she is going to be this like rushing, slithering light that is like going towards the bay, towards the perch. We got to go help them. Jackie, can you cast teleport? No, but I can fly us. We, we can fly. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah, you know what? Hang on, wait. I can't leave my cousin. Can't, I, I can't leave him because he just got attacked. So listen, this is what we're going to do. Jackie, go help them. I'm going to take care of Don. I, I will be fine. I have been dealing with the Phantasmal Force for... No, I got now. questions. Your You're not going anywhere. You should go play with my lion, and I'll be right back. That, and he gets into her arm. That's good. Yeah, go. Honestly, but about that time is when Casey arrives. Oh wow! What? Hi! What happened to our roller coaster? Oh boy. Well, I'm not sure. It looks like shit. I don't know what happened. But, well, you see that light over there? Yeah? It is, Nico. We need to go. I don't know exactly how to get there, 
Casey, like these like uh, futuristic looking car key things from their pocket and just clicks on it. It goes beep and then whoosh, this big van looking thing comes out from the water. I mean, we have this. <laughs>